Welcome to Season 3 of This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley, a podcast about the Bay Area, technology, and culture. I'm your host, Sunil Rajaraman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Yasha Kekis-Wolf. Is it Season 4 yet? I kind of feel like we've got to be in Season 4 by now. I feel like uh, we've been in season four for at least the last two months. I know the, like the pandemic locked into our houses thing makes everything super confusing. Here's the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Sunil, you're like super popular, especially on Twitter as a super popular person, especially on Twitter. Uh, would you ever run for public office? No. And I don't <laughs> consider myself super popular on Twitter, but I do appreciate you saying that. Well, you're super popular in my sphere on Twitter. Why would well, that was a fast answer though. You're like straight up. No. Why? Uh, no, uh, no, no way. I think that uh, the pressures that come with public office, the amount of scrutiny that you're under constantly, uh, particularly online, um, you just, I, I wouldn't be able to have any amount of tolerance for it. It, uh, it strikes me as super difficult to always like toe the line, right? Like it feels like almost as a politician, you can't ever say the things that you think. And we've been fortunate that we've had a handful of politicians on our show. And uh, today's episode is actually with a politician who is running for Congress out of a town that you grew up in. Yeah. So Rishi Kumar is um, with uh, kind of in the Saratoga, California area, which is in the South Bay, um, sort of near San Jose and Cupertino in a very affluent area that uh, it's home to many of, you know, tech's, um, you know, really prominent executives, quite frankly. And, uh, and Saratoga and Cupertino were, were home to Bub Road, where Apple was. And I think what Rishi's, you know, mentality is, is we, we built this successful community with lots and lots of immigrants who've come in. And, you know, in, in many ways, we've created this model community that should be replicated throughout the country and how do I as a congressman replicate the goodness that we built in our respective districts and take that to the rest of the country. I thought it was kind of a fascinating conversation in large part because exactly what you said, he has such a specific point of view of the things that we do in Silicon Valley should be replicated everywhere. I don't know that I agree with it, but boy, um, strong in his convictions there. So I think today's a pretty interesting episode, fascinating to get insights into points of view about the Bay Area from somebody who is not just a politician, but running for public office right now. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Rishi, thanks for being here today. We appreciate you taking some time with Sunil and I. It's my pleasure. It's great to join, join you two. Hey, um, are you a Bay Area native? Are you from here? No, no, I feel like it, uh, but uh, I'm a Silicon Valley geek. Uh, that's truly what defines me. But, uh, you know, I have the go-getter attitude uh, from Bombay, you know, all the way from India. And that's the spirit that I brought to America. And I'm just uh, excited with this journey that we're going through. When, uh, so as a kid growing up in Bombay, um, was there a point in time where you're like, I have to move to the San Francisco Bay Area? Did that ever happen to you? Oh, yes. I remember that moment, actually. I was watching TV and uh, there was a question asked, which, what, uh, what is the name of this bridge? And it looked like the most amazing, the best bridge in the whole world. I fell in love with it. And uh, that was the calling. You know, I arrived and the first thing I did out here was to visit the Golden Gate Bridge. Really? That sounds like a, that sounds like a postcard. 
it, it was just an amazing sight for me that, oh my God. And then the stories around it, right? Where it was told that it's almost impossible to build this. You know, it's like, uh, and it sounded like the most improbable thing. And to have that happen right here in California, that's the Silicon Valley innovation spirit that persists uh, obviously today. And that was really the calling that brought me here. So did you come here for school? Did you move here for work? Like what, what was it specifically? Yes. So, so essentially, I, I came to grad school at the University of Connecticut. I'm a big uh, basketball fan. I really enjoyed my time on campus uh, watching some great games in the Big East. Uh, and we are actually going back to the Big East. So that was exciting studying. I was actually working on my PhD thesis. And then, you know, UConn is a very rural campus. So I got tired of that rural campus. And I decided to find uh, find my place in the economy. And that's how Ended up in uh, Detroit, Michigan, worked for Ford Motor for a couple of years, and then made it out here to the San Francisco Bay Area. And where where do you live in the Bay Area? I'm, a, I'm in Sonoma County. Sunil, where are, what county are you in, Sunil? San Mateo County. San Mateo County. Where where are you, Rishi? I'm uh, in, in Santa Clara County, a small city, Saratoga. And, uh, you know, this is a population of 30,000. And if you come, if you ever come to our downtown, uh, people always use the word quaint with our downtown. It's very, very small. And we have a very unique character, lots of single family homes. The median price is probably what, two and a half million dollars. That's super so affordable. The, yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, this, this is, uh, uh, I'm, I'm very proud of the community that we have here. You know, we are very well connected. Uh, we have a great sense of brotherhood and, uh, and uh, it's, it's, uh, we sometimes call it a bubble for our, for our kids to grow up in. And we create that nice shelter for them to, to evolve and grow and get ready for the big bad world out there, you know? So it's uh, pretty, pretty amazing. So, Rishi doesn't know this. Uh, and so, um, you know, there's a, there's a pretty interesting angle to this podcast, but I actually grew up in Saratoga in my early years. So, and my parents still live there. And, oh. you know, my parents were Indian immigrants. They, uh, they came from Chennai. They have lived in Saratoga since 1981. Uh, and so I know that community really, really well down to, you know, I was a Blue Hills Elementary School student, ah. Kennedy High School. Uh, and, you know, I have seen Rishi's signs up running for Saratoga City Council, and I have a memory of them. Um, so, you know, uh, for, for some time, I know that you've been in the political scene, Rishi. Uh, correct. You know, I never uh, thought of myself as somebody who would ever run for office, but uh, here we are. And uh, when I first started running for city council, it was a very improbable run and we kept winning and winning and winning. We have won eight elections in a row. And uh, here we are running for United States Congress. It's a pretty exciting journey. What, what's a, Can we talk about what a city council person does? Like what's uh, the, yes. what's the day-to-day responsibility there? I'm super curious. So, you know, a couple of things. One is, uh, you know, to, to define in a very, very simple way, uh, the, the city council members uh, run the city, essentially. They make sure that everything is working well within the city. And how we do that is we are obviously elected leaders and we give directions to the CEO of the city, which is like uh, called a city manager. <clears throat> and uh, under, the, under the city manager, we have the public works uh, director, we have the Rex director, we have the community uh, director, you know, so lots of different functions within the, within the city manager. And all we are doing is we are making sure that 
We have good roads. We don't have too many issues with crime. We are also rolling out policies to ensure that trees will not be rampantly cut down and uh, things like that. You know, we are essentially making sure that we are addressing the needs of the people. So the oversight of the the city manager, the CEO, and and um, I'm really really curious about how a city council kind of works together well. And here's why I say that because I don't think I've lived in an area where uh, the city council has been kind of revered as highly functional. So you can't say um, Saratoga, but I, I would love to know uh, what city in the Bay Area has the best city council, the most high functioning city council, the one where the community is like that is. They are my people. Where's that? Where's that exist? Does it exist? Yes. So you know, essentially, uh, you know, I think uh, political leaders are always uh, looked at with an eye of uh, of like, okay, you know, it's uh, the trust is typically not there based upon everything else that goes on in politics, right? right? So that's a very very difficult thing. And and for me, somebody jumping in, I was not very thick skinned at all, you know. Uh, and I would just get very, very disturbed when somebody would come in and make some allegation or just imply something that was not core to my character. I'm like, why do these, why do these guys think like this, right? And but that's the nature of politics, which I have today reconciled to. And uh, we are in the last few weeks of the uh, election run, and we believe that they will throw things at you, and that's the nature of politics, you know. And uh, but I'll tell you what we did here in the city of Saratoga. A couple things, right? Coming from the world of tech, uh, I launched this uh, newsletter just to keep uh, people engaged. And uh, as a model of you know, what we do in the world of tech, you need to have the ability to communicate to your customers. You need to have a good marketing program. So, so my mailing list is bigger, is larger than the city of Saratoga. And we started rolling out uh, a weekly update in terms of what was going on in uh, my role as an elected leader and how it was impacting our city. And then, you know, getting ahead in front, uh, in front of our community with uh, different problems that were propping up. And so when we ran for re-election four years later, I got so many letters. I call them love letters and uh, from our citizens. And uh, things like, I've lived here for 50 years. I've never seen a council member like you. And then uh, things like, oh, uh, I, before Rishi got on the city council, I had no idea what the city council did. But uh, now I know. And because it's all part of the communication, you know, you have to uh, communicate a problem. You have to engage the community with a problem you, and you invoke them to take action. And then we are delivering results with respect to those types of challenges. Sure. For example, well, we, we I, I still... by 47%. We, we dropped water rates. And that's the role of an elected leader. So what we believe is we have been very effective as a council member of the city of Saratoga. Yeah, no, I buy, I buy that. And, and I wanted to preface the question before, because I, I, from what I understand, Saratoga is a pretty idyllic place. And so you can't say the city council of Saratoga is the best city council in the Bay Area. So I want your second best uh, city council of the Bay Area. Like what's the, where, where's the team of people on city council that you look at in Saratoga and say, that's the group that I'm modeling after. They're, they're just completely rocking it in the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, that, that's a tough choice, right? I mean, we got reelected with the most votes in 60 years election history of Saratoga with 10% of Indian Americans, right? So I'll tell you one qualifier I have, which is people-centric values. And I see a lot of career politicians, and I'll give an example, like there was a mayor of a fairly large city. We were sitting for an endorsement interview, and we were asked, what problems are you working on? And the mayor of the large city he said, look, I'm working on 20 problems and, and here are things I've done in the last four years. And I said, oh my God, I'm so impressed with you because all I did was two things. I did water and safety. 
But at the end of the day, if we are impacting the big problems, then, you know, everything is great, right? And I seldom see elected leaders doing that. And I'll give an example, right? With water, a million people of, uh, of Silicon Valley were impacted with uh, super high water rates. But how many elected leaders really stepped up? I mean, I've been fighting a lone battle. And then we have a few council members from Montessorino that stepped up. But, you know, I wish people would really recognize these types of challenges, even though it might be very difficult, but we need to step up. So, you know, I don't have an answer for you, unfortunately. <laughs> What's the part of the Bay Area that you go and learn from the most then? Um, you know, I look at leaders who are engaging with the right type of values. You know, I don't want political leaders with a lot of rhetoric. I really want action people who are oriented to solve problems. And let me see if I can remember, if I can see one elected leader out here. Who, oh, Jackie Spear comes to mind, you know. I mean, she's a congresswoman out there uh, in, um, in the San Mateo County area. And uh, she, she, she's uh, stepping up and, uh, and, and, and trying to, uh, and I'll give you an example, right? So there is an air traffic noise issue. And what Jackie ended up doing was she actually engaged uh, a pilot who she brought on her staff to address this challenge. It was creating angst. Now it's only like 5% of the population of her district probably, but you know, every person has to be important. When I see these types of values where you are going out of your way to address that challenge, address that problem, I really respect that, you know. I appreciate that. So, uh, you know, R- Rishi, I have, a, I have a, you know, a few questions related to everybody's hot subject for the day, which is schools. But I have two questions. One is a Saratoga-specific question, and one is just your opinion on, you know, what the, what the stance should be of schools everywhere. The Saratoga-specific question is this. So, you know, as someone who grew up in that area, Saratoga High and Monta Vista High are obviously, you know, extremely well-reputed as two of the top high schools in California. They're also well-known for being just massive pressure cookers for, you know, uh, for teenagers and, um, you know, difficult environments to thrive in. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on Saratoga High and Monta Vista as it relates to pressure on students. And then the follow-on question is, you know, I want to get your opinion on school reopenings as well. Okay, great. Good questions. So, So my take is, you know, I think the world is very competitive. And I see this uh, huge tussle in our community, you know, whether we should create uh, a relaxed environment for education or whether we should uh, stress our kids out. And I think uh, both are probably not the right answer. You know, there has to be a middle ground is what I believe in. You know, California is the 46th uh, in, in ranking in the United States. Uh, uh, you know, there are 45 states that have better education than California. And so we can do a lot better with education. And obviously, I think uh, we are lucky to have good schools here. But what I always say is that it's based upon based upon a very special DNA pool. It's happening because some of the best and brightest minds flock here and their kids are naturally going to do well. And uh, having said that, you know, I do believe that we need to have a little pressure in life. And, uh, you know, when you look at uh, me going to engineering my bachelor's in India, I was taking like seven classes a semester. I mean, it was like painful, right? And, uh, but you know what? You, you are going through a tempering process. And uh, when someone like me runs for office and we go and knock on every door 
you're talking to people and it's painful to be out there campaigning it's building a tempering process tempering process it's hardening you it's getting you ready to to take on bigger and better challenges and that's what i feel about education you know so we have to we have to strive for good quality we have to make sure that our kids are learning and that they have been challenged and if you don't create a little bit of a pressure cooker environment i i don't think so you know we are getting them ready for life because can I, you know, can i push back on that first point just a little bit because uh you know i have the unique distinction of i did a year at monta vista and uh i i then i went I, we moved to cleveland ohio um for a few years long story my my dad joined a startup there and uh, i went to a private school there that would be considered to be i guess an elite private school in cleveland um and the you know what are what what do you consider to be a measure of success right so i find that the bay area curriculum focuses almost exclusively on stem i mean there's obvious reasons for that <laughs> but um you know the the cleveland education like you had to sit in class and read books and learn how to write and you know do things that say a uh, montevista or a saratoga high or really anything that i did in saratoga didn't really emphasize now i'm finding that those skills are just as valuable if not more valuable in in some cases in professional settings just your overall take on that right because what what is a measure of success really and you know because i think that the way montevista and saratoga are optimized is toward you know quite you know quite focused on stem fields so you know i think i don't agree with that the stem part of it because in saratoga high you know you only take like one java class you know and that's about it uh, in your four years and uh, so it's unfortunate we are here in silicon valley and you know in in uh, full disclaimer you know i'm a big stem proponent if you look at my policy we run the silicon valley lego robotics boot camp every year and we formulate like 20 25 teams we run boot camps i also ran the entrepreneurship boot camp for young young students uh, middle school high school working with mayor sam licardo of san jose and we have trained over 2000 kids so it's definitely a part of who i am but you know what if you if you ask me what is the qualifier for success i think it's basically happiness and uh, the ability to show kids you know what they could pursue and uh, i'll give an example like one of the big time entrepreneurs who lives here in saratoga you know his uh, son he was one of my interns and when he goes to college uh, he's actually studying political science and i look at that and i'm like you know your dad has done so well with stem with as an engineer you know and and i i i don't know why you would want to do that right but at the end of the day and it took me some time for me to learn this right because uh, you know as a high tech executive you know was i completely happy with what i was doing i wasn't probably you know i was going through some motions and as a as a elected leader where i'm solving problems helping people out it's created a tremendous joy and happiness in me and so what i tell people now is you have to find your way by following your heart that is more important and and so what would enable you to for that right so when i look at the the harker high school here you know it's very well rounded you are definitely stressed out as a harker student but you're learning probably a lot more than what you would learn in the public schools and i think that is very very important for us to create that exposure for our students in all sorts of different areas so that ultimately when when someone like me discovers a path of uh, political uh, empowerment just accidentally you know what happens if we are able to provide that spark a little early on where our students can be happier but also 
you know, be productive members of society. I mean, that's really the magic formula that needs to happen with how education needs to be structured, right? So that's one component, and we can talk a little bit more about that. The second component is how do we get our students back uh, back to school, right? Uh, school reopening. And I think uh, it's, it's probably not very healthy right now. With COVID-19 situations, we just cannot have gatherings of people. And what I truly believe, unless, you know, once we start going down, the coronavirus starts fading out, you know, I think that's the point we need to bring, uh, bring these gatherings together. But until then, we really need to spend on infrastructure in online education. And uh, right now, there needs to be a massive stimulus funding to fund every school. It has happened to some extent, but I, you know, some of the disadvantaged schools in uh, economically disadvantaged areas are really not, uh, they don't have the infrastructure, they don't have the funding, and that's going to impact learning. And that is really sad that it's happening here in America. What stops the Bay Area, like all the cities in the Bay Area and all the counties in the Bay Area from coming together and very specifically focusing on on infrastructure for schools? Like what makes that, what makes that impossible or what makes that hard? You know, I think uh, to some extent, uh, political leadership is a little disjointed. You know, every, uh, you know, even if you look at five members of our city council here, you know, we all have sort of different viewpoints. uh, And, uh, and so it makes it a little harder for a big group of, uh, of elected leaders to come forward. There are organizations that are responsible for this. And, uh, and, and now to state it bluntly, we have a lot of career politicians, you know, people when they retire, they have nothing to do, they say, okay, I'm going to go run for city council. And I see a lot of these types of folks who are in leadership roles, and they don't have the wherewithal to go out and really impact the tough challenges, you know, and that's, that's basically lacking. And, and how would how would you see this? So, you know, this is not a funded position, right? It's uh, you get a stipend of like $250 a month and you have to be really passionate about something or you don't have anything to do. And that's why you go and join these types of roles, you know, you're, uh, so I, I think, you know, if we had a mechanism of uh, getting some people, like when I look at Saratoga itself, I see some phenomenal leaders from the world of tech who have done very, very well. And when they look at me, they're like, oh my God, I don't know why you would want to do this, right? Because uh, people see uh, a no return from this, you know, in terms of why would somebody be spending so much time? I, I would literally spend like 50 hours on my day job and then another 40, 50 hours on my community stuff, right? That's how I would do it. And my weekends, it was all seven days a week. And, uh, and uh, I think uh, this world is not that exciting. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't think so we attract the top talent here, people who mm-hmm. have that getting things done attitude, you know? Um, well, this is a tangent, but now that we have somebody who's a, a politician and running for Congress, I want to ask this question to you. Um, what's, what's your take on the Electoral College? Should, it, should we keep it? Should we try and change it? Like, what, what's your take? You know, the rules are what the rules are. And we, I, I always cringe. You know, um, I'm a California Democrat. I'm also an executive board member of the California Democratic Party and a delegate, and I've been so since 2013. Now, I always hear people say that, oh, we got the popularity vote, but you know, you have to play by the rules of the game, you know, essentially. And so, so President Obama, when he, when he ran his election campaign, it was geared upon, uh, upon convincing these 10,000 voters in the battleground states and winning those elections, right? Because this is how you're gonna win an office. It's not about the popularity vote at all. So the rules are what it is today. 
and uh, you know i'm i'm okay with whatever the rules are you have to play by them and if we want to change the rules let's go and change the rules let's figure out how we can do that and then we play by those rules you know so i'm not too hung up with it you know like for example i'll i'll give you the analogy of absentee ballots today mm-hmm. there is a big debate raging debate going on in the country whether we should have absentee ballots or we should have uh, in person polling uh, polling booths right and i'm like you know it doesn't matter you know let's let's define the rules and let's let's go according to that you know i mean i do believe absentee ballot makes it easier but you know if it is going to be in person voting hey that's fine too we'll play according to that you know yeah i i yeah <laughs> <laughs> that whole topic seems like it's it shouldn't really be a debate yet it is a debate it's kind of it's fascinating yeah, people are asking me rishi what do you think i'm like i don't care i'm running a campaign right now you know we are very busy we are convincing people of silicon valley that they should support my run for the following reasons how does it matter if they're going to vote absentee or not you know it doesn't matter what's your take on the state of politics in silicon valley rishi and so uh, where i where what i'm specifically asking is You know, I think people in the tech industry particularly are pretty ambiguous about, you know, you mentioned you're a California Democrat, I would consider myself sort of similar. Uh but a lot of people are just sort of politically amorphous and you know, you hear about a lot of people in the tech community uh kind of quietly supporting Trump and and this and that and you know, but I'm just curious to get your take on um the silicon valley political environment right now your overall just assessment so there is basically apathy because uh, you know when you look at the work ethics we have here going it's pretty phenomenal you know everybody's it's a very special dna pool that arrive here like i said and we are all driven with a common purpose and we want to make the world better with uh, how we are applying that to to our day job and then how, also how we are motivating our kids to succeed in this world you know so that goes goes on and then when you apply that to the world of politics i mean there is disillusionment you know it's like okay you know these guys i don't know what they're doing and uh, you know we had a couple controversial uh, projects and people showed up and like i don't know rishi how you're dealing with this stuff you know because it's like you know i have a completely different perspective to the world of politics and uh, so to some extent people don't want to participate because they don't see uh, that getting things done approach to politics and and that's my take uh, <clears throat> when you look at uh, the political system in this country i think we have a lot of uh, politicians who who never seem to leave office who are there forever and what value are you going to provide you know i mean in silicon valley tech in 6 months if you have not delivered you know even though you were let's say you were the best salesperson 6 months ago and for 6 months you go to sleep you're literally fired right i mean they don't give you a whole lot of slack but our political leaders can fall asleep for 20 years and they are essentially gaming the system and our people they are a little disengaged they are like okay you know there's not much i can do you know i mean it, it is what it is and people sort of take their eyes off it and they're doing their own thing you know unless things get really bad and which which i believe is right now with the pandemic you know we have huge issues with the economy with the you know the the job joblessness has gone up like crazy and um, uh, people don't have healthcare insurance and all that stuff is impacting people and they are like waking up and saying that okay i need to pay a little bit more attention but typically there is no reason for them because they're like okay i don't know what good is it going to do they're all the same and everybody is put in that same bucket you know um my my last question and then i i think yasha has has the the wrap up question i'm really fascinated this has been a great uh interview and really appreciate your time so far ishi but 
this this whole notion of um and so we've had you know now like over 50 guests on the podcast and we are both in tech yasha and i like we spent our entire careers in tech now you know we don't totally drink the you know all the kool-aid and everything that comes with that but i'm curious to hear your take on you know, is Silicon Valley the right place for the rest of the country to follow? And here's what I mean by that question. So you mentioned now multiple times, and I agree, you have a, a huge talent pool here, a very, very smart people who have done well financially. But the demographic makeup of Silicon Valley is is different. It's, you know, um, you know, there's a huge, you know, Asian and South Asian population. There's almost no black population whatsoever. Um, and there's, you know, there's just sort of other quirks about Silicon Valley, and it is a land of the haves and have-nots. You have to be wealthy to live here. Is it, how does that translate on a national scale? Like, do you really think that Silicon Valley is the model for the rest of the country? Or what parts of Silicon Valley would you sort of leave out as it relates to a national agenda? Great question. Excellent question. And, you know, my take is we, we need to make Silicon Valley work for everybody, everyone, you know, and it's not just for the wealthy. And so if you look at my policy paper, 21 minutes, 21 counties, we talk about connecting uh, 21 counties surrounding Santa Clara County and connecting with uh, Silicon Valley with uh, high speed transportation, which is not the bullet train, zero greenhouse gas, uh, eco-friendly tunnel based system that will provide the commute time, uh, the ability for a commute time between Stockton and San Jose down to like 15 minutes. And then you are creating affordable housing out in different other parts of California. And now you're creating an opportunity for anyone to move here, buy a house and still be part of the Silicon Valley economy, right? So very unique vision model is what we are bringing as part of this congressional run. A uh, lot more affordable housing, but also you're quadrupling the economy by expanding the economy out to Stockton, Modesto, Stock, uh, Fresno, Bakersfield, so on and so forth, right? But let's talk about this, uh, the model that we have going here. Obviously, it's working very well. And I'll tie it into what kind of an economy we are. America, America is a capitalist nation. You know, no matter which way you look at it, you know, our, the culture is about making money and creating prosperity for our citizens, Right. It's, it's always been like that. You go back 200, 300 years ago, these were the types of people who were coming here. And even today, you know, it's only these types of folks who are still arriving to America from different parts of the world, no matter where they are coming from. And, and this is something very special going on here. We are, we, we are actually doing that extremely well compared to other parts of the country. You know, that entrepreneurship spirit, it's alive and kicking here and it thrives. It, it just gets, the baton gets passed on from generation to generation. You know, we have an ecosystem here, which works very well. And, you know, one of my plans is to take this and seed this in different parts of the United States. And for example, the son and daughter of a coal miner is looking at coal mining, but, but can we create a, an alternate model for them, you know, which is based upon, let's say, social media that provides uh, service to companies out here in the Bay Area, right? Uh, aligning themselves with tech. But, you know, every area has its own economy and we have to build an ecosystem around there and create prosperity around it. You know, you can take any industry and I think we can excel in there and we can become world-class leaders like how Silicon Valley is. And if we can define this for every urban area, starting with the urban areas in the United States, I think it's a role model for it's, it's a pathway, it's a gateway to tremendous success. And I think we need to explore this a little bit more. I don't think so people look at Silicon Valley and we look at tech, big tech as a big problem. 
But you know, there is something very magical happening here. And if you can dip into that secret sauce and let it play out across America, you know, America will be a much better, much more prosperous nation, you know. And then more importantly, we'll bridge that gap. The, the income inequality gap will be bridged by providing these types of options for the rest of the country. So we're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're just about, oh, you're going to go, you're going to keep going, keep going. No, 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 no. I, I was, uh, <laughs> I, w- I was just making sure there wasn't a delay or anything like that and making, making sure you, uh, Rishi, when you, you know, when you, you uh, when you listen to the podcast, I, Rishi's not maybe listened to all of the episodes, but I'm sure after this discussion, he's going to go back and listen to all of them. But what you would know, Rishi, is that we keep a, a tip jar for ourselves whenever we talk over each other. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, you know, we had to pay a little bit today, but we appreciate your time very much. It's been a fun a half hour having the discussion. Um, one last question for you, and we ask this to all of our guests. So are you on social media? Do you spend time on social media? Yep, that's it. That's what I do. <laughs> and and uh, which networks do you spend your time on? I spend a lot on uh, Facebook, actually, which is where uh, my target voters are, most of them. Got it. Um, and, and on Facebook, do you follow people that are not friends? Do you follow businesses, other brands, like uh, people that you think are interesting? Well, Facebook is very unique because I use it as uh, outbound communication from me and I don't spend time looking into people's lives. But I do spend time uh, looking at Twitter, you know, uh, looking at what other people are talking about, what, what some of our intellectually superior folks in America are speaking, you know. So I like to look into that. Cool. So we ask all of our guests to make a one recommendation of a follow on one of the social networks they spend their time. So maybe on Twitter, um, what's a recommended follow that you'd have for our listeners? I, I like uh, Elon Musk, you know. He's, uh, he's got a pulse over America. He's... He's very sort of uh, brazen in terms of how he presents his viewpoint. And, uh, you know, he's not very shy. And uh, he just calls a spade a spade. The other day he said uh, that our American gerontocracy is out of touch with the people. And uh, he's got some very bold statements. And I really appreciate that. You know, you you can be sort of very, uh, Facebook, for example, is a world where people are very, a little uptight and they don't speak their mind as much. You know, they're putting the best sides. But Twitter... I like to follow people who are willing to to step a little bit outside the box and speak their mind, which is what makes it very interesting. Well, uh, Sunil, so thank you for that. And Sunil is kind of an online troll also, so you might like following him in the future. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Rishi, we really appreciate you taking the time with us today. Um, thank you for joining us on This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley. My pleasure, Yasha and Sunil. I really appreciate it. And I would love to chat with you again once we win this seat. And next year, let's have a round two discussion. That sounds awesome. Hey, Yasha. What's happening, man? So I assume that after listening to this interview that you're not going to run for public office. Am I incorrect? Well, you know, I um, I kind of want to run for something after talking to Rishi. I, you know, the, the thing is... I, I just believe you got to have a conviction and you got to talk about that conviction. You got to do that in the public. I don't know that I agree with the things that we talked about today. I don't think that we should replicate Silicon Valley everywhere, but I got a point of view. I'd like to see a little town that I live in Petaluma do some things differently. Maybe I just will. Yeah, uh, no, that's, that's right. You know, no, nobody's point of view is, is either right or wrong. And it it is interesting. I mean, his district in particular um, is worth a deep dive episode at some point, but 
is home to, you know, like I said, some of the successful people in the Bay Area and is also home to some of the most successful high schools in the Bay Area, yeah. Monta Vista and Saratoga High School, yeah. um, which are also, by the way, known for producing some some amazing outcomes, right? Which is you're like humble brag numbers. Uh, humble brag. No, no. <laughs> I was I went to Monta Vista for one year, but um, but I did not go to an Ivy League or UC Berkeley like many of the students at Monta Vista do. Um, no, but you went to a great but, liberal arts you know, school, so clearly something's going right down there in Saratoga. Something is going right down there in Saratoga, but there it's I don't think a representation of what the whole country can look like is, is sort of my view for so many reasons. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Well, I thought today's episode was pretty fascinating and I'm super happy that Rishi made the time to talk to us and I'm going to pay attention now to what's going on down in the Saratoga area, although I live on the complete opposite end of the Bay. So if you enjoyed today's episode, like uh, Sunil and I enjoyed putting together today's episode, what we would love you to do is go back to the place that you found the podcast, rate us five stars, leave us a comment. We read every single one. Thanks for listening to This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as Sunil and I enjoyed recording it, please go back to the application you found this podcast on, rank us five stars, leave us a comment. We read every single one. Thanks for listening to This Is Your Life in Silicon Valley.